What's going on, family? And welcome to another episode of the Dad Different Podcast. This is episode number four, and I am glad that you're here. If you're joining me again, I want to thank you for the love and support on the previous episodes. And if you're new here, I want to welcome you. Here on the Dad Different Podcast, we talk faith, family, and you guessed it, fatherhood. We dive into the daily struggles and challenges of what it means to be in the role, especially as men who were raised fatherless. This podcast stands to give men a place to process that past and also encourage one another as we work to be the better fathers, husbands, and leaders we are called to be for our families. So if you want to get down with an awesome community, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that way you'll get new episodes in your feed wherever you get your podcasts. In this episode, we tackle a topic that we've kind of brushed over previously um, in other episodes, and that is being physically present for our families, but emotionally unavailable and really what that means uh, within our role as fathers, husbands, and ultimately leaders. So I hope you stay tuned for this episode and let's get into it. All right. So I thought I'd start things off with a little bit of honesty. You know, again, that's really what I set out to do, um, you know, with this podcast is really to be vulnerable, to be honest, um, you know, so that way there will be growth and, you know, somebody could certainly benefit uh, from that. And really that honesty and that truth is, you know, sometimes I'm just not emotionally there as a parent or even as a husband, you know, sometimes. And if we are being honest with ourselves, I think many of us can agree, you know, that we're we're there physically, but emotionally we're just absent, we're we're unavailable. And really what happens when physical presence is there, but there is a lack of emotional presence, you know, a lack of connection to our children, a lack of connection to our spouse. You know, we do everything in our power to be there for our children, right? But yet we fail to connect with them on an emotional level. And primarily, I think it's something, you know, sort of a trait that we get, um, you know, simply from the way that we were raised, um, you know, in, in certain cultures, you know, our, our parents just had a difficult time showing emotion in, or so it seemed, um, you know, and especially in my culture, the Haitian culture is that, um, you know, you would rarely see emotion, uh, from a parent, whether that came from a hug or, and I love you. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know that your parents love you, right? Um, and, And there was no question about that. It's just that showing that emotion was really something that they just didn't do. Um, and, you know, and if you're Haitian or if you're familiar with that culture um, or maybe your culture might be similar, is that there was just no emotion. Um, you know, that department was empty. There was nobody uh, heading that department at all. And so a lot of that kind of rolls into our adulthood as, um, you know, married folks or, you know, people with uh, families and children is that now we have to kind of learn 
how to show emotion and what that looks like. And so in that department, you know, it it takes a lot, you know, for us to kind of undo all those years of just not being shown emotion and, you know, certainly not having the avenue to um, show emotion. And so for me, it was really something that I had to really work hard at. Right. And it was a promise to myself that, you know, I would be intentional about showing emotion and, you know, letting my children and my wife uh, know that they are loved through word and through action. Um, And so that way, you know, it's not something that is repeated where they know that they're loved, but they don't really quite see it. And maybe they don't really quite understand, um, you know, why there isn't any sort of emotion. And secondly, you know, I think um, our role as fathers, we're kind of seen as enforcers, right? Um, you know, we're, we're kind of seen as the people who come in and enforce the rules and make sure everything is going the way that it's going. And so along the way, we've probably become hardened and cold. Um, and so really the only emotion that we can ever show is you know, in enforcing the rules and making sure things are the way that they need to be. And so if dad is the enforcer, then mom must be the one that I run to when I'm seeking shelter or when I need a hug or, you know, when I just need to feel safe. So in a great attempt to not be characterized by those two, um, you know, I really was intentional about being emotional. Um, And that's really what it comes down to, you know, because we have the, you know, hustle and bustle of life, right? That can certainly get in the way. Um, You know, we can be stressed out by jobs. We can be, you know, stressed out by just personal stuff that we, even as married people, right? And even as uh, fathers that we go through um, by ourselves and, and that we uh, have to deal with, uh, we kind of have to work through that uh, so that way we can be emotionally present um, for our families. But, you know, a lot of us just plain miss the mark in the emotions department. You know, as men, we are uh, sometimes taught to show no emotion, right? And I'm sure you've heard that before. And this idea is really amplified by what we've come to accept as true. We've come to accept that as men, showing emotion just makes us appear weak, right? Uh, it makes us uh, appear weak and and even lesser a man than the next guy, probably. Um, but honestly, that probably couldn't be farther than the truth, right? Because we are emotional beings, right? That's just us. You know, it's in our very DNA as men and women um, that we are emotion. We we're, we're emotional roller coasters. Um, but I can certainly agree, and I'm sure you can too, that as men, we often go about things quite differently uh, than women. You know, sometimes our words just miss us and we fail to effectively communicate our emotions and feelings um, with our spouses and certainly with our children, um, right? So they're kind of left to uh, figure out for themselves um, what's going on. See, we can watch, you know, the big game, right, together and get excited and exhibit a plethora of emotion, right, within a two-hour period. 
and you've been there. Um, but when it comes time to connect on a deeper level, you know, we're, we are, so to speak, absent, right? We're just not there. Um, and, you know, in our children and our spouses, they're not immune to our lack of emotion. You know, they'll understand, they'll see that, um, they'll see right through that, you know, um, you know, they feel when we are not connecting. You see, I want my kids to know that they can come to me and know that I will be there emotionally if needed. You know, this concept of showing emotion or, you know, what that looks like doesn't have to be foreign to them, right? When they are at a age where they can fully understand exactly what that is and what that looks like. Just as our children need us to be there physically, they need us to be there emotionally just the same. We talk about how there's more than 20 million children who live in a home without the physical presence of a father. But then there are millions more who have dads who are physically present, but emotionally absent. And so the effects of a emotionally absent or emotionally unavailable father can be just as traumatic as one who is physically absent. Being emotionally present is important if you can't tell by now, but really it causes a couple of things to happen when we as fathers are intentional about being emotional for our families. And first, that our children will never have to guess whether we love them or not, not only through our saying it to them and also through our actions towards them, uh, they will see that we are able to sympathize with them in their times of, you know, emotional distress or emotional need that we as parents are not people who don't understand, but rather we can share um, in that need as well. If that sounds familiar, then that should. You know, as a father who is leading um, my family, you know, primarily, you know, by following God, um, that's what the Bible calls God. The Bible says that he is the God of all comfort. You know, we don't just as a father, we don't just look to him, you know, as uh, somebody who just simply loves his children. It tells us that he is able to comfort us in our time of need. And if we are going by example, um, which, you know, that is the ultimate example of a father we can follow is that we are to be there emotionally for our families and for our spouses, um, that we can be comforters to them in their time of need. And the second point of being emotionally present and why it's important is that being emotionally present allows for a greater success in disciplining our children. And what do I mean by that? Well, before I get any further, you know, this whole idea of connecting before correction is certainly something that was amiss, you know, growing up. And again, going back to the culture and how a lot of these things just kind of follow us into our adulthood um, and ultimately into our roles as fathers and, um, you know, ultimately leaders um, for our families. And so there was never a feeling of connection before correction growing up. And really that was because that connection part obviously was missing. And the correction part was, let's just say, locked and ready to roll. And so what this whole connection before correction thing is all about is really it's about creating a 
feeling of closeness and trust instead of, you know, something that might feel distant and hostile. And again, in our role as fathers, where we can sometimes just be seen as, you know, the enforcer, um, I think this is of utmost importance that we are intentional about our um, emotional connection. So we must learn to connect before we can correct. If we cannot provide emotional connection and presence to our children and, and be there for them um, on an emotional level, you know, at times it can become as if we are the enforcers, simply there to tell them what's wrong and what's right and what they can and cannot do. But when connection comes first, correction is oftentimes much better received and retained and our children can still see us as loving and caring and protective of them because they know that we love them and so just like our heavenly father that we speak of who disciplines us because he loves us so we must be with our children so for me a lot of this stuff i knew that as a father i wanted to change and I, you know, wanted my kids to have a, a different experience. You know, being emotionally present is something really you can say can be difficult, you know, um, because we have so many things that are pulling us in each and every direction, um, whether that be, you know, our jobs or again, our responsibilities that we have. And, and so at times we can just certainly feel emotionally drained. But we certainly do owe it to our families and to our children to be there, you know, both physically and emotionally. And you might be listening to this podcast right now and asking yourself exactly how can I be an emotionally present father? And really, what does that look like? So I'll share with you three things that I've put into practice on a daily basis that has allowed me to be better at being emotionally available for my family. Now, these are things that I have found to work for me, but I feel they encompass our role and duty as fathers, husbands, and leaders. So here we go. The first point is that we have to learn to be good listeners. Matter of fact, we have to learn to be almost professional listeners, right? In today's world where everyone just wants to be heard and get their word out, it's really imperative that we become good listeners, that we listen intently uh, to our families. We listen intently uh, to our children. So that way we can gather what we need so that we can become more emotionally available. There's a saying that goes, the major dilemma is that we tend to listen to reply while all we should do is listen to understand and feel. And man, that basically hits it out of the ballpark. To be emotionally available is to understand and to feel. We put aside our preconceived opinions and thoughts and really make way to connect because that's what it's all about. When we listen, it should never be done with the intention to give something that was not asked whether that be a piece of advice or the like, we should primarily listen to make a connection. So as the quote says, our job there is first to understand and then to feel. And quite frankly, we miss so much of what is being said by our families and our children because we just don't listen and we, and we miss that part completely. 
And so I make it a habit with my children that even if I know exactly what is going to come out of their mouth, I still let them finish. Right. And reason being is that I want my kids to know that they're in a place where their thoughts and feelings matter. You know, cutting them off will give them the opposite feeling of that. And secondly, it's to let them know that I'm listening, that we as their parents are actively listening. You know, so going back to the two main points of listening, um, you know, our deepest connection is when we listen. And most importantly, when we listen to understand and to feel, you know, so every day I'm intentional about becoming a better listener, uh, a better listener to my wife and to my kids. So that way I can cultivate an environment of trust between them, um, but also allowing them to understand that this is a an environment that they can also trust as well. Um, but one that also allows me to be emotionally available. The second thing I try to put into practice daily is to share. And by this, I don't mean sharing a meal or anything like that. I mean, actually sharing and sharing my own thoughts and feelings. And this fellas, I know for a fact can be difficult. I mentioned earlier how we as men tend to close up and not be as open, uh, you know, as women are. And I could admit, and certainly so can my wife, is that early on, I was not so good at communicating my feelings and thoughts. You know, something in me just always found it easier to just close up. And quite frankly, that's still a department with a huge work in progress sign over it. But the beauty of it is that the more I'm open, the easier it gets. And the more I do this, the better I'm able to understand my own family when they share their thoughts and feelings. To me, it's one of the most beautiful things about this process. You know, I for sure did not come from a background where sharing our feelings was the norm. So to me, this was very foreign and sometimes it felt unnecessary, but turns out it is very necessary. And I don't want my kids to ever feel foreign to this concept either. So here I am on the daily making an effort to allow myself to be open and sharing with my family and for another way to become more emotionally available to them. And the third and final thing is respond. And this, I think, really sums up the first two points really well. And it's more of an internal uh, way of looking at things. You know, how do we respond? How do I respond to the things my children share and the things that they do? How do I respond to the things my wife shares? And how do I respond when my own thoughts and feelings come up? Each day, our successes and failures depend on how we respond. And I want to encourage you men to respond well. Remember what takes priority and what doesn't. Ask yourself every day, how can I better serve my family today? What can I do to ensure that I'm emotionally available as best as I can for them? You know, responding isn't just about making sure the family pulse is there. It's really about going deeper and understanding and feeling. It's about asking yourself daily, how can I lead well? And so right there, those are my three things that I put into practice daily to be there emotionally for my family. And before we go, I want to share this. We must strive to be there both physically and emotionally. And I get it that sometimes that may be difficult. 
You know, as fathers, we can often let other things take first place. After a long day at work, we can come home. And at times it's a trying moment to disconnect from our workday to connect with our families. And see, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the everyday grind. But we must be careful not to fail our families where it matters most. You see, you can be hustler of the year or father of the year, but you can't be both. And you can take that all the way to the bank. In other words, yes, you can do all there is to provide for your family, but at the same time, lose the very thing that you're working for. You know, and to put it differently is that our attention is always being fought for, whether that is between family, career or, you know, what we can call distractions. Something is always calling for our attention and it is our responsibility as men to divide our attention and give priority to that which matters the most. You know, each and every day I make a conscious effort to engage more and more with my family on an emotional level um, and obviously physically, you know, and that means listening, sharing and responding as we went over into their lives, both of my wife and my children. You know, that is because I believe it matters and it matters a lot. You know, fatherhood matters. Our presence is worth so much more. You know, so fathers, we can work as hard as we can to provide for our families. But remember that our number one job will always be them. So let's not lose them physically or emotionally amid the everyday hustle. Well, guys, this was such a phenomenal episode. I had so much fun and I hope you had fun listening to it. You know, it goes without saying that, yes, our physical presence matters, but let's also shoot to be there emotionally for our families as well. If you made it to the end of this episode, once again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. My heart and vision is to allow Dad Different to become a place of transparency, honesty, and really a place where men can grow as fathers, husbands, and leaders. You know, it would mean so much to me if you would hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and share this with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments about any of the previous episodes or about the podcast in general, you can leave those at idaddifferent at gmail.com and I look forward to reading them. Lastly, I want to remind you dads out there that your presence is needed and is valued. And so until next time on Dad Different Podcast, I'm your host, Jeffrey, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>